All right, hey everybody! Uh, welcome back to another episode of Churn and Burn. This is James, and uh, I took a little bit of a break over the holidays. I hope you guys don't mind, but we are back with uh, Hutton, a buddy of mine that is going to do a trip report with us. He's been kind enough to come on the show, and uh, got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, that I have planned, but this was something I, I kind of had put on the back burner and I needed to get to it. So uh, Hutton, could you like tell us a little bit about yourself? I think we are both uh, have the luck of being Atlanta-based and and uh, we're slaves to Delta. <laughs> so yeah, tell yeah, us about yourself. For better or worse. Yeah. Th- yeah. Hey, James. So yeah, I, I live in Atlanta. I live in the city of Atlanta. Uh, I'm a lawyer. Um, I have um, been practicing law for a long time, as I was telling you earlier. I'm 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 substantially older than most of you kids who are doing this. I'm I'm 61, so perhaps I have a little different perspective on on things at this at this point. Um, and uh, I have a I have a wife P2 and a, a teenage girl P3, and we we do most of our travel together. Although the trip I'm going to tell you about today was an adult only trip. And, uh, you know, I don't, you know, <clears throat> I know, if you're, if you're curious about how I got into all this, cause I, I know you've asked other people that I can volunteer that, um, I'd say eight or nine years ago, I read a article, there was an article in the wall street journal about churning and it, they had some guy there that was a churner and he was talking about all these great trips he did. And it truly was an epiphany for me. It was like, obviously, I knew that there were affinity cards, and I had a Delta card that was probably earning 1X, but I hadn't put any thought into actually amplifying that until I read that. And I, I just I emailed my wife, and I told my wife, I said, I am going to make this my new hobby. And she was kind of like, okay, fine. <laughs> sure, whatever you say. And uh, little did she know that she was soon to be known as P2 in the household. <laughs> And, and, um, and so I, I, I jumped in and sort of thrashed around and looked at, you know, read the, read the sort of beginner blogs that, that are out there and just started applying, you know, for cards willy nilly, but getting everything I applied for, getting a ton of cards, you know, times two with my, with my wife. And we had the benefit at that time, my wife had a job where, she did a lot of travel and she was able to put her travel on her personal credit cards. So we were able to knock out a lot of, uh, uh, sign up bonuses with just her organic business, uh, spending, you know, which was great. And, um, I did, and so I accumulated a lot of points and, and we like to travel as much as we can within the constraints of, we both have pretty busy jobs we have a, a child, uh, so you know those are those are pretty significant parameters around how much you can travel. But we do love to travel, and so this <clears throat> this whole game has been has been both um, enjoyable. Just playing the game, as you know, is more than half the fun. And uh, and but then also doing you know as much nice travel as we can. And then at some point we lost that organic spending, and so I. I had to move into um, shenanigan land, <laughs> where <laughs> the dark where side. I've been, yeah, where I've been residing 
uh, for 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 several years now, and where I where I've met you and others uh, right. similarly situated. All of us degenerates, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, you know, I don't. I, I'm a lawyer, so I I work pretty hard at not breaking any laws, but but perhaps there's a few terms and conditions that I have uh, violated over the years. It's fine, um, you know. But, we don't we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not admitting to anything for sure right. on on this. But anyway, so that's that's sort of me in a nutshell in terms of in terms of this hobby we have. It is interesting though talking to you because there's no telling how many millions of people around your age read that Wall Street Journal article and just kind of shrugged their shoulders and they never thought about it again, but I guess there's some people that they just have to see for themselves and it's interesting. Well, you know, there's, I think there's something that we all have that do the, that that play this game, which is that we have an affinity for gaming a system, whatever the system is, we get off. There's like a, there's a part of our brain that itches and we scratch it by gaming something and I, I, I'm sure it's the case for you because I, and I think it's the same way for most people. It's it's at least half of the fun of this is figuring stuff out, and you know, playing within the rules, but gaming it pretty hard, and and that certainly that appeals to me a lot as well. It's obviously the ancillary benefit of being able to travel really well and nicely. Yeah, everybody always tells me one day we're going to run out of track and this isn't going to happen anymore. But I, it's funny you mentioned Wall Street Journal years ago. Maybe this was probably seven or eight years ago when I really was only getting started. Uh, I actually did an interview for a Wall Street Journal article because I was too stupid to say no. And the article was about how the banks are tightening down on our hobby. Um and I, you know, I probably said like two quotes for the whole thing, but I remember thinking years later, how wrong <laughs> the article was. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like every time a door closes and they do seem to close fairly frequently, uh, at least one more uh, opens up. And it's because a lot of people that are that do what you and I do, but do it a lot more smartly than I do, figure out uh, ways to get around whatever the latest impediment is, which is right. so much of the, of the fun of all this. But. Yeah. So what I usually ask people uh, before we do our uh, trip report is give me maybe uh, a quick summary of why you went on this trip. Was it a desire to go to a destination? Did you have points that made you make that decision and maybe why you said this was an adults only trip. Maybe tell us like, what was the goal there? Yeah. Okay. So the backstory of this trip is I was turning 60 that year. This is 2022. And so I wanted to do something relatively big and do it just with my wife and I. Um, And so initially what I had planned was go to Italy for a week or so and then take um, a a cruise for the second week. And I've never done a cruise. I have no interest in doing any of the, the big cruises. But at some point, you may have heard Ritz-Carlton came out uh, in the, you know, announced they were going to open this small luxury cruise line. It, yeah, did yeah. You, have you? Okay. So this was before they actually had 
set sail. And they had a comical uh, run of cancellations where they would open up for booking. Everybody would book on these sailings and they would cancel and they cancel and cancel and cancel. I think they ultimately canceled nine or 10 times. And I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. It it was really ridiculous. Um, But at one point they said, no, we, you know, a lot of that was COVID related, but at one point they said, okay, you know, we, gonna sail you know we're, we're good and so that's and so i booked i booked a, a week-long ritz carlton cruise through the mediterranean which i was really looking forward to and somewhat obsessed about and uh i don't know roughly a month before the the sailing i found out from of all places the points guy that they were canceling yet again the latest launch date I didn't find out from Ritz Carlton, which was holding a lot of my money. But the points guy, the points guy, told <laughs> told me told me that I wouldn't be sailing. So we had to scramble. I, I had booked the Italian part of it, but then I had to scramble because we wanted to do Greek islands, we wanted to do Mediterranean, and so I scrambled and and I booked the second part of the trip, uh, where we just, uh, as I'll tell you, we went to some. Athens and some Greek islands and had a fantastic time and it ultimately worked out tremendously well and saved me a lot of money in the process. Although I still can't get that cruise out of my head. It's still bugging me. I still read about it a little bit. So I can't say that one day I won't try it again, but it is funny though, because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you didn't look at how much the price would have been to do what you did and pivot but if you were just going to pay cash for all that, it, just imagine what kind of beating you would have taken if, if you would have had to have done that and that short of notice without points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, this was a you know, big lifetime event for me. So, you know, I was, I was going to pay for the cruise, and I think it was for a week for two at this, the lowest room rate was like 15,000. So, you know, I'd already basically paid that, I think. I think I had already ex- made all my payments on that. Uh, so, you know, it certainly wasn't all bad that they canceled because I got that back and yeah, right. I booked I booked virtually everything else with points except for one hotel and um and as I said it was spectacular, so it worked yeah. out. But anyway, that so that's the backstory of that trip. And then you know, just sort of the, sort of just, I'll just sort of walk through what we did and you stop me or, yeah, or tell me to so go Yeah, so chronologically, in. you kind of gave us the basic outlook on the trip. So how did you, uh, how did you escape ATL? <laughs> well, of course, first thing I did was look at Delta.com to see how many points it was going to take to fly directly to Rome. And you can you can guess what do you think round trip that was uh, <laughs> in, in Delta One? Uh, I'm gonna say the over under is about three hundred and seventy thousand sky pesos. One way. Oh no! Yeah, that was the one way. Oh, that's one way. Yeah, no, it's insane. If if I had a billion <laughs> points, I wouldn't pay that many. So that was off the table, and so. Um, I have a friend of mine who plays the game and he's pretty good at knowing routes and stuff. And so he said, look at Turkish, 
which I did, and actually that ended up being the best sort of if I had to right. if I had to if I had to connect somewhere, Turkish ended up being the best. And so we, I, I sort of, I think I was trying to remember how I, how I paid. For, I think what I did was I transferred one way. I transferred Capital One directly to Turkish, and then the, but I didn't have enough to do round trip. And so the other, I did Amex to Avianca and booked right. through Avianca. And I don't know. Have you ever flown Turkish? Are you familiar at all with? I do not think so, but I'm very familiar because I actually booked through Avianca uh, the same thing. You So you probably did the Dreamliner, right? The 787, 787 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. very familiar, right? Yeah, and, and you know, if you've booked through Avianca, uh, Turkish through Avianca, apparently part of the part of the uh, itinerary of that is some sort of headache that, <laughs> that becomes very frustrating. Uh, it's much better if you just book Turkish directly if you can. But anyway, um, so yeah, so we flew, we were flying from Atlanta, stopping Istanbul, and then on to, to Rome. And as we were chatting earlier, when I, when, when I booked that, the built-in uh, um, transfer time, in in Istanbul was an hour and a half connection time, and you know I, that number got my attention right from the beginning and caused me considerable angst as I kept thinking about this this trip. And I'm I'm the I'm the kind of person I, I, the the planning I, I enjoyed the planning and thinking about travel almost more than I do actually the travel itself. Same. So, yep. And and so. I was looking at that and every day, whatever there's a, you know, there's a website that lets you look at historical flight times. And I was checking every day to say, well, did they, would they have made the connection this day, this day, this day? And, you know, 95% of the time they, you you can make that connection. So we get to, we get to the 10 o'clock, the 10 o'clock PM flight out of ATL and the plane's actually there on time. I'm guardedly optimistic that we're going to get there on time. And then we go to board, and out of nowhere, and I don't know what this was, but there must have been 30 or 40 people in wheelchairs that all of a sudden converged and were boarding. And I'm sorry that, you know, I have great sympathy for people in wheelchairs, but it slowed the the boarding process down a a, a lot, a lot, just just to load everybody. And so by the time we took off, Long story short, as you can tell where this story is going, we didn't make the connection. And so we got to Istanbul. We missed our connection. There wasn't a flight until the next morning. And uh, so we had to <clears throat> scramble. The, the airline offers you a hotel, but I, I, I didn't even want to mess with that process. So I just I looked at the Hyatts. I'm a Hyatt guy. And uh, there's, a, there, there's a Park Hyatt <clears throat> And there's a Grand Hyatt in Istanbul. The Grand Hyatt, you could use a Cat 4, so I had a Cat 4 cert. You nice. Know, click, did it in the taxi, immediately got uh, a confirmed upgrade to a suite, and, and we're off. And as I was telling you before, even though that was the last thing I wanted on this trip, which was a, you know, a glitch right off the bat, 
it ended up being just a spectacular glitch because um, we had by what neither my wife nor I had ever been to Istanbul. It's an incredibly cool city, so we had to spend the night. So we just checked into the hotel, which was great for our purposes. Very nice, a nice lounge, um, everything we needed for that, and just took a cab to sort of this main area. That I couldn't tell you what the main area is called, but you cross over the bridge and. You know, that's you can cross from Europe to Asia if you cross that right. bridge. And it was just it just was spectacular. I mean, we just were like just looking at each other. Wow, you know, this was not part of our plan. Uh we didn't know anything about what we were gonna do and we just winged it and it was great. So we we thoroughly enjoyed that little uh inconvenient stop. Yeah. And the and they got up the next morning and Turkish got us to Rome uh fine. And so we <clears throat> we made our way to Rome, and do you want me? Do you want me to talk about hotels and stuff, or tell me where oh, you want yeah, me to go? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm guessing you lost your first night in Rome, but I, I would be curious yeah. to hear, you know, how you booked hotels, points, yeah. etc. Yeah. So we, yeah, we did lose that first night in Rome, and it was it was one of the Hyatt hotels, and uh, they let us they let us out of it. Interesting now that I think about it, though, when I got to the airport in Atlanta to check into the Turkish flight, the the they wouldn't let us um, carry on our bags. And I, I never check bags anywhere, ever. It's an ironclad rule in our family that we don't check bags. But they forced us to check bags. And so, but but when we missed our connection, we lost our, our bags. Oh. It was it was the only time I've ever checked. Right, I had a lost, I had a lost bag, which is why I don't like checking. But yeah, hell, the Hyatt let us out of the first night, and then the rest of our stay. There's a, I don't know if you've ever looked at ho, Hyatt hotels in Rome, but there is a slew. There are a slew of SLH hotels. Oh yeah, I'm I uh, I'm very familiar because uh, I went earlier this year, and even though I ultimately went with the St. Regis, which is Marriott, I'm sure you know. I looked at all of them, and a couple yeah. looked really phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, yeah, which one did you go with? So, we ended up with one that's called the, um, let me, I, I got to look at my thing, Travoli Spalletti. I don't know if you remember that, but, yeah, you're yeah. right. There's like there's like six or seven SLHs, and I swear I probably at one point or another was booked in all of them. I just kept tinkering with this trip. and. Um, it ended up with this one, and if anybody's looking at those, I highly recommend this hotel. It was it's like twelve rooms. It was a some former aristocrat's house that they had converted into this hotel. The rooms were great; these high ceilings. And I'll tell you one thing, James, about this hotel that I've never seen anywhere else. They have um, they have an open bar on like their in like their main living room area. An open bar, so you know, no bartender. You just go drink as much as you want. Yeah. And they have, and they have a rooftop sort of pool area, which has another open bar. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then in the room they have like a full mini bar with all the little alcohol, various alcohol, and that's free. So if you're in the mood to drink in Rome, I, I recommend the Travoli Spalletti because you can do a lot of drinking for free there. And we just liked it. It was just a really cool hotel, well-located, unique, 
friendly, nothing bad to say about that. And like I said, it was, it's, it's located where, you know, it's a five minute walk to the Coliseum. We could walk, we walked everywhere from there. So that worked out really well. And I don't know if you, I don't know how much you want me to talk about Rome. I, I think, you know, we, we, we pretty much did sort of the tourist highlights. Both of us had been there before, but we sort of did the, we got a private tour of the Coliseum. I try usually everywhere we go, I'll we'll do some sort of group or private tour, you know, the Viators site type tour. I'm, I, I like doing stuff like that where people help me show me around. So we had a private Coliseum tour, which is pretty cool. And then the rest of the time we just sort of walked around and, and it was it was late. May, so it was really nice weather there, and so that was about three. Oh wow, yeah, I went in April, so this is yeah, we went several, when, some more times. When, when uh, what year did you go? It was actually Latwell. I just said it was this year. That was a lie. It was last year because we're in twenty twenty four now. Um, yeah, it was with my wife and her mom, and I I actually wish I did what you did. We did the public, you know, book the 20 person Coliseum tour and it all felt very packaged and I you probably did the smarter thing with the private. It worked out well. I'm sure it was more expensive, but it wasn't terribly expensive and the woman was really really good that that did that for us. So, we did we did we did the Rome thing, and then, so our next stop was the Amalfi Coast. Did you have you been to the Amalfi Coast? I have not, and it's at the top of my list. So I'm really excited about this portion. Yeah, it, it, I had, I had had this in my crawl to go to the Amalfi Coast since I saw. Oh, damn! What's the? There's a movie with Jude Law and Matt Damon. The talented Mr. Ripley. I watched it three Thank days you. ago. Thank you. Yes, that was going to bug me. And so, you know, they film <clears throat> this. It's set off the, you know, on and off the mafia cause. And that just, something about that. I just said, I got to go there at some point. And so, and so we did. And like I said, so that this was, this was a kind of a special trip. And normally I'm incredibly frugal. But we splurged at some points during this, and one of the places we splurged was um, transport. We we I rented a a private car, so there what there's not a really great way to get directly from Rome to Positano, which is the town we were going to. So we just <clears throat> sort of um, sucked it up and rented a private car to take us, which was very nice to go point to point like that and we were very lucky in terms of the place we stayed because there's a at the time there was an slh hotel in positano called villa franca which was available with hyatt points but you really had to work hard to get the nights i mean just constantly checking out. Uh, yeah, I think I remember people talking about this place, and the availability was terrible. Yeah, but I I was able to get I think three three or four nights, whatever we had, but probably they were all literally booked separately. You know, I'd get a night, then I'd right, and uh, but uh, it was spectacular. I'm so sad for people that it's no longer part of Hyatt, and I am not aware, um, 
of any other great points options in what I sort of consider the proper Amalfi Coast. I mean, there's Sereno, which there are some hotels, but in the sort of Positano, uh, what's the other? There's an Italian of Amalfi. I, there, there may be a points option. I don't know, but I, I certainly wasn't aware of it when I booked. Uh, but um, the Villafranca is was a, just a great place, perched right where you has just a great view of of the Mediterranean. Very, very nice hotel. Not rooms aren't big or anything, but everything about it was very nice. So we got really lucky that we were able to 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 spend point to get that with points. And in terms of in terms of vacationing in, in the uh, on the Amalfi Coast. I mean, I certainly would recommend that if all possible, people go when the when it's warm, because it's such a water focused place. And so, you know, we we got out. We, one day, I rented I rented a boat. I did this a couple times on this trip. Just rented a motorboat just for the two of us without a driver, and they gave us a little direction about where to go and where not to go. And so we just sort of tooled up and down the coast, and and um, if we saw a beach, we would anchor and swim to the beach, and that was that was a that was a great day. And other than that, <clears throat> I just walked around, and there's great restaurants. So if you can make it there, I highly recommend it. Although I don't have any recommendations, unfortunately, for for any points hotels. Um. So after after we got after we finished at Amalfi, we were ultimately going on to Greece, but we 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 got a, a another car to drive us from there to Naples, and we we're going to fly out of Naples. And on the way, that does yeah, I was about to ask. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the nice thing about having a private car is we wanted to stop at Pompeii. We hadn't neither of us had been to Pompeii, and. And so the, <clears throat> we just paid the driver extra to to drop us off, and we did you know a couple of hours walking through Pompeii, which is which is cool. I'm glad we did that. And then he took us on to Naples. Uh, we stayed. Let me look at my notes. We we stayed at a Marriott Renaissance in Naples. There are a couple of Hyatt options, and I looked really hard and close at them, and I finally decided. I didn't want to pay whatever the points were for just a quick overnight, and I had some Marriott certificates that were that were burning a hole. Yeah. So we we spent that one night in Naples, and we walked around Naples, and we did a we did a food tour, uh, which we really liked. In Naples, we we thought we were just going to spend the night there and not not sort of loiter, but we we actually really liked Naples. It's very walkable. It's pretty cool. Um, and it's very scenic as well on the coast. So we did that, and then the next day we got up and moved to the Greek portion of this trip. We, <clears throat> The way I had planned this was we were going to do a couple of islands first and then end up in Athens and spend a few days in Athens. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out which islands. Have you done any of the Greek islands, James? No, that that entire like uh, Greek coast, uh, Italian coast, French Riviera thing is something that's been on my list, and 
I'm kind of glad that I'm I'm doing this episode because it's given me a lot of ammo. And, you know, listening to you talk about it, I really like the way you did this trip because it seems like for so many people you're describing, you know, you had to get a car and you had to find a hotel for your overnight and then the whole Istanbul thing. And even even so far into you guys just getting a boat um, and unlike Matt Damon and Jude Law, everyone returned alive from the boat trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but uh, like you, you are so good with figuring out, all right, what tool do I have in my belt? So yeah, I, I just like the way you did this trip. It's such a points uh, focused, but at the same time, you went on the trip you wanted to have. Yeah, that, that actually did work out really well. We were, we were happy with how it, it worked out. And, um, so, so if you're looking at, if you're looking at Greek islands, I mean, there are, I think over a thousand Greek islands I, re- I read. Oh, wow. Uh, obviously only small portion of those are where tourists would go, but it's just dotted with, I- with islands and there's, and you have a lot of choices. The, you know, the, the, the one place that everybody wants to go as soon as they see pictures is is santorini and i had been many many years ago before i got married but my wife had never been and uh she wanted to go and it is sort of when you look at it it's just sort of the classic vision that you have of spectacular right the white and blue architecture and it is it is gorgeous and i'll repeat what i said moments ago which is you really want to do this when it's warm enough to to go in and on the water, um, if possible. But yeah, but Positano is spectacular, and the only problem—I'm sorry—Santorini is spectacular. But the only problem is everybody knows it, and so it's if you're going in any sort of high season, it's very crowded with mostly Americans, and it just is what it is. Uh, you know, you're in a, in a great place, a lot of great things about it. But you're mingling around with a lot of people from Chicago and Atlanta and wherever. Uh, I'm not, which is not to tell anybody they shouldn't go. They should go if they've never been. But that's that's the deal when you get there. And there's these, there's, um, uh, I think it's called the Caldera or Caldera, but it's basically um, a volcanic formed feature of the of the of the water there which is kind of the spectacular side of the island. So if you're looking for hotels, I very strongly recommend that you get one that has a caldera or caldera view uh, on that, on that side of the island. And there, there, in terms of points, there are a bunch of, not a bunch, there are a handful of Hyatt options there. And um, I think they're all S- they are all SLHs, uh, and you just have to look and see what's available. As I said, we I had to scramble and book this part of the trip late because of my cruise cancellation. So probably the ones that I would have wanted to go to that I read people rave about just simply weren't available, and so we ended up going to one that's called Santorini Secrets Hotel. And it was, it was, you know, it was beyond, I started to say it was fine, but it's, it was beyond fine. It, 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 all of these hotels on this side of the island are sort of dug into the, 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 into like cave-like parts of the, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and so um, they all are pretty similar and they all are pretty compressed. And you're going to, you're going to be, you know, next door to another hotel that's the same. But that specific hotel, I can recommend. It was nice. It had great breakfast. It had spectacular views, as they probably all do. Great service. Um, but if you are going to go on points, at least high at points, there are probably some others that are that are better reviewed if you can, if you can get those. But you you that's definitely one you want to try to book ahead of time. And you know, James, my my philosophy on planning these trips is when I when I when I decide what we're going to do, and I try to decide pretty far in advance, I figure out when we're going to do it. I, I get my flights locked in, and as quickly as I can, I get the hotels locked in, and then I endlessly tinker with them. But at least I have, I have everything locked in, and fortunately, we're at an age of where you can cancel everything. And, uh, right, and, right. and but, but, you know, as I said, I was scrambling on this this Greek aspect of it. Um, and, you know, if you go to Santorini, we rented a car, by the way. Not a lot of people. I don't think everybody rents a car, but it's, it's certainly nice to have a car to get around. Um, I would recommend that if, if, if it fits your budget. And then from Santorini, <clears throat> I looked at a lot of different choices for the second island because I knew we wanted to do two. And I ended up with, with Milos and... Um, I think I picked, I focused on Milos. There was an article in the New York Times travel section that really piqued my interest, and they talked about a specific hotel. And I'm, I'm I love hotels, and I, I will a lot of times plan. If I find a hotel that I just am fascinated by, I'll plan a trip around, around the, yeah. around the. And this is like, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a pet peeve of mine, but you know what I'm talking about when I say this. People in our hobby or outside of our hobby will say, never plan a trip because of a hotel. You are, you know, missing the forest for the trees. I agree with you. I, I think that mentality is short-sighted and there's definitely places that are worthy of saying, that's awesome. I got to plan that trip around that place. Yeah, I mean, I can see, you know, not everybody's the same. And some people just, the hotel is just a place to lay their head. Like I said, I, I, there's something about hotels. I just really enjoy hotels and interesting hotels. Uh, I, I, we, did, we went to Ireland. One of the best trips we ever did, we went to Ireland a few years ago. And I literally, I knew I, knew, I, knew I was going to traverse the island, the island uh, counter, no, clockwise. Uh, but I didn't have any specific places i wanted to to go necessarily and but i i pulled up an article in the best hotels in ireland and i just found the ones that were sort of situated along our path <laughs> and it, 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 they, when i think back on that trip i think back on those hotels i mean they, they just were just unique they weren't none of them were points hotels outside of dublin but yeah i i'm a i'm just uh, you know i i, I definitely love playing with what hotels we're going to stay in. And so, as I said, for Milos, the island sounded really interesting. It's a very great beach island. If you're a beach person, my wife and I, very much beach people, some spectacular beaches. If, if anybody ever looks, just Google them and you'll see. And um, the hotel, the specific hotel I wanted to stay was called, it's called the Melian Hotel. 
M-E-L-I-N. It's not a points hotel. It's the only hotel we stayed where we didn't we didn't use points, I think. But I actually think I put it on a card that I could wipe away. <laughs> I'm sure. So so this is, and I'm looking at it right now, this is not like there's no fine hotels and resorts or anything. There's no way you can leverage even like an Amex credit on this. Um. I don't know present tense what's there. This was like this is 2022, right. and um, and I and I frankly don't remember. I know I was so fixated on this one that I didn't shop around. I mean, there are other hotels there, but this was this was just a really cool, and I just can't remember to answer your question. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking while you're talking, so so feel free to. Tell us how amazing this place is that we can't book on points. <laughs> yeah, did you four point nine stars on Google? By you the way. pulled it up. Like, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. This place looks amazing. Um, yeah, it it was it was really nice, and the you know the 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 you know the facilities were really nice. The people were really nice. Just just spectacular breakfast. I mean, you know, if we're we're kind of breakfast people. <laughs> and they just we almost couldn't get up and get going they would bring us so much food right. and um anyway so if you ever make it to that island which i do recommend particularly if you're a beach person i would look at that place and um uh, and i would 100 percent you uh, you have to rent a car if you go to milos because there's all these different places and islands you want to go see and I mean, beaches you want to go see, and there's there's no other way to do it. One thing I didn't mention yet is we once we we flew from Naples to Greece, and we flew uh, in between all these islands on um, Aegean. I don't know if you've ever done Aegean. I had not, um, but if you're over there, it's kind of I think it's pretty much your particularly if you're going to fly between islands, you pretty much your only choice. Yeah. And we really liked it. And the interesting thing about Aegean, as I'm recalling it, is we, I didn't, I mean, maybe there's a way. I, th- I remember thinking, I remember looking into whether there's some way to get points, to use points. And I remember uh, there really wasn't, or there wasn't an easy way. And the, and the flights weren't expensive. We, so we flew from Naples. Right. We flew from Naples to Santorini. I'm sure we had to stop in Athens. And then we flew from Santorini to Milos, and we had to stop in Athens. A lot of people take um, take um, you know boat rides, uh, ferries. But I just read a lot of I read a lot of sort of terror stories about these horrible boat rides where you know everybody's sick, and or and or they get so delayed that you lose a day. And so, and this is kind of I've I've sort of started to do this everywhere. Uh, Instead of taking a ferry ride there or a long train ride in England or something, if there's a quick hour flight, I'm, uh, they're all right. they're all cheap. Once you get inside, once you're flying in, you know, in Europe, those flights are cheap. And so we flew Aegean everywhere. And the kind of the interesting thing about Aegean is, you know, you can book you book yourself in coach, and they have this sort of game you play to get into business where you can bid on a business seat and they have like a little counter on the screen. And so you know, yeah, so it says, well, if you bid $25, you have a slight chance of getting business $50. You have a greater anyway. So it becomes like a little video game, which for somebody, yeah. which for somebody like me is irresistible. 
And so long story short, we ended up being in business for all those flights, which, you know, some of those flights are so short, it doesn't make any difference, but there was kind of nice to get priority check, check in. And anyway, that's just something I remembered. I remembered about a G. Yeah. So Air France, if you're listening right now and you want to come up with a video game, I can play at the gate to get upgraded to La Premiere first class. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen anybody else do that, but it's, 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 you just play their little video game. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at photos of Milos like while you've been describing this. Th- this looks like I, I I didn't realize that there were places in Greece that looked like this. This is just amazing. Well, there's a beach, and I'm gonna pull it up while while I'm talking. Yeah, there's a beach there. I don't want to take take up a lot of time, but it's the coolest beach I've ever been to. And like I said, we're beach people. Um, it's all rocks. It's not sand, but it's just right. spectacular looking. Okay. Sarah Kaniko, S-A-R-A-K-I-N-I-K-O. You Google that. And I, I that's so funny. Cause I was on like my third beach on Google. And while you said that, I, I had just pulled it up and I was thinking, wow, these are a lot of rocks. This is crazy. Yeah. It's no, <laughs> there's virtually no sand, but you, but it's so cool, and you can jump off these rock formations into the into the water, and and it, it's just so different and unique. It was, and they have a lot of really cool beaches. So, if you're a beach person yeah. looking at Greek islands, I recommend Milos to you. Um, and we did um, we did another private boat rental there, which was a great place to do it because of these. You know, you you can take these boats, and and they'll let you go close to shore and you can anchor so you can go hang on the beach or take a picnic or whatever you pass pack and, and, uh, and just boat around for a day. And Omelas, it wasn't very expensive in, in Amalfi, it was more expensive, but something else for people to look at if, um, if they're looking for a really cool activity on the Mediterranean. So Milos from, from Milos, we went back to Athens and we spent a couple of days in, in Athens um, there's a Grand Hyatt in Athens. I really wanted to stay in a Hyatt. I'm a hardcore Hyatt guy, but this Hyatt is just out of the way. It doesn't get great reviews. There's, and so long story short, we didn't stay there. Um, and I wouldn't recommend staying there because of, of location. I'm a big believer in location when you're in a great city like Athens. Yeah. Yeah. And so we stay, there's some, there's some really cool Marriott's. There's one called the Grand Britannia, I think it's pronounced. It's kind of like the hotel in Athens. It's like the old classic uh, great hotel that is part of the Marriott chain. Um, and I very much wanted to do that. But again, the, uh, the certs were burning a hole in my uh, meta- metaphorical pocket. And so we ended up staying at another Marriott called the Academy, I guess is pronounced, which was perfectly fine, great location, perfectly competent hotel, but not a spectacular place like like the Grand Britannia. Uh, and we did uh, we did a, a, a tour of the Acropolis, kind of a group ten person group tour, 
And then we also did, we got a private tour of just sort of this one part of Athens that's kind of the center. And it's really interesting. It's like, uh, it was, it ended up being private. I don't think it was supposed to be private, but we were the only two people that were in it. And the guy that was doing it, I was like talking to him, what do you do? And the guy was a lawyer, a practicing lawyer. I'm like, you know, why are you doing, why are you doing this thing that I pay $25 for, for three hours or whatever? And the, uh, it right. turns out their, their Supreme Court there had just decided to take the summer off. The, so they, all the courts were closed. And so he's just trying to scrounge up a living, doing, doing a tour. I've had some interesting people on these, that do these tours like this. Um, and he was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. You never know like what, cause that tends to be such a transient industry for some people. It's kind of like, I guess I'll do this. I know the area. Um, I, yeah. I've had a lot of, not a lot, but a number of, um, like college PhD professor types that, that do this as a sort of a side gig. We had this great tour in Dublin where this, uh, this, um, history professor at, Dublin College was doing this and just utterly fascinating. If you're interested in history, he just, um, just re- some of those things are just are really good and very, very much get your money's worth out of those. So James, that well, you'll be interested in this and uh, sorry to cut you off. If you like that kind of thing and we're close to this area, uh, if you go to Savannah, um, there's a guy who does an architecture tour. And he graduated from SCAD. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's like the Savannah Art and Design School. It's pretty pretty famous regionally, but it's maybe one of the best tours I've ever been on because listening to him talk about the architecture in the city, it's clear that he is an expert in his field. And as you know, there's a difference between hearing somebody who's just quoting from a, like a manual and somebody who could just answer any questions. So highly recommend that as well. That's interesting. For anybody well, who ever you visits could, Savannah. You can thank General Sherman for sparing Savannah. Um, what Do you remember where you booked that? If you just Google uh, Savannah Architecture Tours, it's uh, it's pretty easy to find. I think it it's very... Um, he doesn't take huge groups of people. It's it's just him. Uh, usually, it's like four or five to maybe ten people, um, and he, it's a walking tour. He does it most of the morning. It's not every single day. I, he kind of makes his own schedule because it's it's just him. Yeah. Uh, seems to seems to have a lot of passion for it too. He kind of doesn't really care about the money or the. The, the industry part of it, he just wants to sort of give people an appreciation and kind of sounds like that's what you did too in, in Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while I'm thinking about it, I know you, I've seen you post a lot about Savannah. What's, what's the hotel you recommend down there? The Andes? Oh, wow. Uh, I would say for me, it's a three-way tie depending on what you want. And for anybody listening, you know, you can fast forward through this, but, uh, uh, for Hyatt, there's really three options in Savannah. You've got the Hyatt Regency, which is on River Street, and it's kind of your typical convention hotel. Um, great location. With, for good, at, right. For better or worse, great location. Uh, it's very predictable. 
Um, it probably is gonna, they, they renovated it several years ago. And I think it was one of those renovations where about a year after they did it, it needed another one. Right. <laughs> Andaz is another amazingly located option, but I would say it's maybe on the lower end. If, if you're expecting like the Andaz Fifth Avenue, right. uh, you're not going to get it. But the, the staff is amazing. The breakfast is amazing. If you don't care about location, I would highly recommend the Thompson. Um, it's but it is on the far the far east side of River Street, and, and I mean really far out there. Although the one advantage of the location is at night when you want a little bit of peace and quiet, the Thompson's actually great because you don't get the yeah. um, drunken bachelor party right. outside your hotel window. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. If anybody uh, is going to Savannah, I, but yeah, between me and Hutton, you could probably <laughs> find out everything you want to know, right? I used to go way back when I first started practicing law down there for, for work, and I love that Hyatt Regency. You just take the elevator down to the river yeah. and uh, just walk along the water. There's some great restaurants down there. Oh, that's great. That that's what the that's what this show is about. It's about the appreciation of being able to do what we do and stay at these awesome places and see these great cities. Uh, and honestly, if if somebody tells me they're traveling to Georgia, I I tell them maybe skip Atlanta, go to Savannah, just because of all the reasons you said. It's beautiful, historic. Highly recommend. I agree. So I so how'd you get uh yeah how'd you get home from Greece yeah so we we flew Turkish again Athens Istanbul Atlanta and that was all smooth the one thing I don't think I mentioned I don't know if you've been to the Istanbul airport but Turkish has this spectacular lounge in um yeah it's multiple floors multiple right? floors and they just got all kinds of things going on there's all these different food stations they've got like a Turkish coffee station I remember dessert stations, you know, oh, wow. as much alcohol as, as you want. I'm, it's the, I think it's the, it's right up there with the best lounges I've been to, although I haven't, I'm not a connoisseur, but it's, it's, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And so Turkish got us home fine. And on that 787, 900, um, um, I think it's perfectly, you know, it's not the most luxurious life flat in the world, but it gets the job done and, and they have interesting food options and they have a chef, uh, they have a chef on board, um, um, or he, they have someone called a chef. <laughs> I'm not sure how much cook. Yeah. I'm not sure how much cooking in name only, yeah, but I don't know. Right. I don't know how much cooking he's doing, but he's the chef. They have a designated chef. They say, so we made it home. It's about, well, and yeah, and for for transatlantic, uh, Turkish is probably on the higher end. If we're being honest, when you compare it with stuff like, I mean, even Delta One, it's probably maybe a, a little bit of a step up. I think so in catering. Oh yeah, I think so. And just different, you know, different food selection, different drink selection, just different than American Airlines. So. So uh, the last question I always ask people uh, before I let them go is, do you have any, well, we just started 2024. Do you have any trips that you either have booked or are looking to book? Yeah. So the next significant trip we have coming up is when my daughter gets out of school late May, 
we're gonna um we're gonna go do England and Scotland. And I think if I heard if I've heard you, you're doing a similar trip this summer. Uh, so I'm yeah. curious what your experience is. And I think the last person you talked to is also doing the last podcast. I think that person's. Yeah, that seems to be a really hot uh, trip is Scotland right now. I've never been to Scotland. I've been to England several times. But so we're, yeah, I mean, I, I want to tell you this one thing about or ask you a question. So we're, we're flying British Air, Atlanta, Heathrow um, round trip. And I booked that, and when I booked that, it was in whatever they call these club suites or whatever, where it's one two one. Oh uh, yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, with this. and so without any announcement or anything, I just constantly check to make sure that my flight hasn't been canceled or whatever. I clicked on it, and it was they were it was the old two four two configuration. They had put us all. Oh, up, no. They had put us all on both legs. So I don't know if. Are you flying British Air over there when you when you go over there? So, without being too long winded, our original itinerary was it's so. This is by the way, this is for me and my two parents. They're retired, and um, they, you know they they require a business class, right? And I I promised them that, and so we booked the round trip, same as you did it through Cathay. Uh, which people who listen to the show understand what I mean when I say I booked through Cathay Pacific. And just like you, our original flights were both in the club, the new club suites in the business cabin. And sure enough, uh, while our return flight is still in club suites right now, our outbound got switched to the uh, the terrible 242 staggered right. uh awkward yeah so i actually canceled that leg of it for that reason and now we yeah i you know it was just it, it ticked me off and i just said i'm going to get my points back and um we did and we looked at several options we finally finally landed on JetBlue mint uh-huh. uh from jfk to edinburgh which it's it's so weird you ask this because I did the Delta status match to JetBlue. For anybody who doesn't know, yeah. um, Delta did the whole devaluation, and then JetBlue said, oh, great, if you're Diamond, we'll give you top-tier JetBlue status, and we'll give you our upgrade certificates for the Mint. And, uh, yeah, I, t- I took those, and I actually booked them just today. Oh, cool. So, for yeah, for all, all three of us, basically... Um, so that's now how we're getting there, but yeah, that, uh, that sucks. And I'm mad about yeah, it. Yeah. I've done that two, four, two before and I, you know, it's, it's life at flat and it gets the job done, but it, I was looking forward to the, to the club suites. Um, what was the, oh yeah. One thing I was going to say, you, you mentioned the status match. So as you know, maybe not everybody knows when you book British, at least business, I don't know about coach, but they make you, unless you have British air status, they make you pay for seat assignment in um in uh in business class right and, yeah. uh, up until 24 hours then you can pick but by that point probably the seats you want are are not available um and so that really was bugging me because we're also doing we're flying once we get there we're gonna fly heathrow to edinburgh and back and so i got four legs times three people and that's a lot of seat assignment fees it was over a thousand in fees uh but i'm like you i'm i'm Delta Platinum, and you know everybody knew or everybody talked about the JetBlue and the Alaska status match. 
but I didn't see much of any conversation, just one blog entry uh, that American did a status match. And if you get American, whatever they're pro, I, I don't fly American. Yeah, it's like Platinum, platinum pro, pro or something. Exactly. Then you can then get free seat assignments on British Air. So I did that oh. and saved over a thousand dollars in in seat assignment. Um, if that anybody, that's awesome. If anybody, uh, yeah. So we're gonna do we're gonna do four nights in London at the Hyatt uh, Churchill, and then we're doing um, we're gonna do Edinburgh for a couple nights. And I, I've seen your. I've seen your post about the Waldorf in, in Edinburgh, <laughs> so I know you. Uh, I didn't even try for that. We're staying at the uh, at just the whatever that Hilton is called, and um, oh yeah, either the Double Tree or the um, the regular Hilton, right? Yeah, it has a name. I can't remember, but it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's just the regular yeah. Hilton in uh, in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. and then there's a. Um, I wanted to go in the country. And Hyatt has, there's, there's a lot of Hyatts sort of out and about in, in Scotland, not a lot, but a handful of SLHs yeah. and, but they, ne- we, we have to have, I have to have three people on it with the teenage daughter. I have to have sweets, which is one reason I'm a big Hyatt fan. And, um, and so there's this place called Sloss Roxburgh about an hour. Oh yeah. I've looked at this place so many times. It looks insane. <laughs> we're, so we're, we're going to stay there three nights. I'll report back to you because that was, that was. Yeah. So I, th- I think you just confirmed uh, another episode for yourself with that trip. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll report back. To, when are you going? Uh, we fly uh, in July. Okay. So we, yeah. we go in late May. So yeah, I'm happy to, I'm happy to report on on the Slosh Roxburgh. I, I think June, yeah, you and the other uh, somebody else we know is going as well, and so I think June is going to be the. Uh, I'm going to run the gauntlet of uh, uh, Scotland trip reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm studying up on Scotch. I'm not a I'm not a big Scotch fan, but I want I'm educating myself on it. And when in Rome, so. Right. Right. That's so cool. That's uh, I'm pretty excited for Thank you. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was it was funny, Hutton. At the at the beginning of the show, you were telling me about how you read that Wall Street article, and I was thinking, what is it about this guy that he he read that and he was like, I I can do this. I can get into this. The more I hear you talk, the more I'm starting to realize uh, you're you are definitely the kind of guy. <laughs> like, and I mean it as a compliment. You know, like. You're so, uh, you have all this ingenuity about you and it's like, there's no such thing as a problem you can't solve kind of mentality. I really admire it. Well, that's, that's kind of you. There there are a lot of problems that I haven't solved. (laughs) I guess I'm talking about, I guess I'm just talking about the ones that perhaps I have, but I, I, you know, I, like I said, I love, I love, um, planning travel and figuring things out. So it works well. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, I really appreciate it again, Hutton, and hopefully uh, later this year, we'll maybe we can do this again. And uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, James. I I enjoy your your podcast. I think you're in a I think you're in a, an interesting space. As I was telling you beforehand, a lot of a lot of people 
talk about acquiring points, but there's not a lot of educated conversation about using them wisely. And so, right. I don't understand it. Like this is the fun part. <laughs> it's supposed to be. It's so, so you know, I like, uh, uh, sometimes I'll just bang my head against the wall. I'll, I'll recommend to colleagues a credit card. You know, they, they know I do this and they want to get a card. And I say, okay, if you just want one card, get this card. And, and they'll come back and say, you know, I, I booked such and such flight with it. I'm like, well, you know, did you look around uh, to see if that was the best deal? Is right. you, know, it's, it's, you know, a point in is equal to a point out. You know, they're equally valuable. And uh, but I don't think a lot of people. Oh, I don't yeah. think a lot of people put enough focus on intelligent use of points. We could probably have an entire episode on annoying. Uh, questions and trying to get people to do the right thing it's right. it's like pulling teeth yeah, but right. uh yeah i guess that's for another episode yeah <laughs> well thank you um for having me and i enjoyed our conversation yeah same same all, all right. right take care thanks everybody this has been uh james and this is churn and burn <laughs>